Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. All right, welcome back to On the Table Gaming. How's it going, Josh? It's going so good. I can't even <laughs> tell you. It's warming up around here in Connecticut. I can't believe it. It definitely is. And I was yeah. actually away in Boulder visiting my sister last week, and uh, I got to experience the Bombogenesis or the a bomb cyclone. So we had some, we had some crazy <laughs> weather. That was lucky, huh? Yeah, there was a. I think they were saying not just in Colorado, but hit from that storm. There was like a thousand vehicles left abandoned on the highway, and pretty crazy. It's like zombie apocalypse time. So exciting. Uh, I've, always, and, I've always wanted to abandon my vehicle somewhere. Yeah, I haven't had a chance yeah. to. But. I, we didn't have to, fortunately. But uh, yeah. man, I saw some of the aftermath, and uh, so yeah, no, no podcast episode last week. I was like, don't worry, guys. I'm like flying on the plane home. I'm like, we'll get it out this weekend. And uh, <laughs> man, time change, sleep stuff, and it was just it didn't didn't happen. Um, but you know, strangely I you. enough, I forgive you. I I heard some uh, I heard some noises. I heard the birds coming in, and uh, you know we should probably we should go probably check on uh, the rookery. The rookery. All right, let, let's go up to the rookery. <laughs> and I I can hardly keep the door closed here. It seems like, uh, is it possible that like everything got released or spoiled last week while we didn't do an episode? We are full-fledged just in spoiler season right now. The amount of stuff that's coming at us is fast and furious, and I'm so pumped about it. And uh, a lot of this coming the way from um, fans or other people who have accessed the material early, I guess I would yeah. say. I call them I call them little birds out in little the field. Birds. Yeah, they're um, collecting information and sharing it for the good of the realm. There we go. Yes. Uh, and hopefully none of them got like beheaded or found out or hunted down or, um, and while we don't ever want anyone to like, don't do anything like illegal. Like if something's not supposed to be released, like you shouldn't like break into a store or something, but if you happen oh. to have early information and, uh, you feel comfortable sharing it with on the table gaming at on the table gaming at gmail.com, we're happy to, to, to hear what you know, and, uh, we can parse through and, and spread it out to the community and, in whenever it's appropriate, I guess. Is that the most diplomatic way of saying it? I think so, yeah. We like the spoilers that have not been obtained illegally. So if you've yeah, you know, exactly. snuck through like a window in the CMON offices and like, right. you know, don't don't send us that stuff. But if it's been obtained through some channels that perhaps, you know, somebody broke street date that wasn't you and you just got lucky enough to get a box, you know, hey, send it over. Share it. Like, yeah, no, uh, we don't feel like being like Michael Chanel impersonators, like walking around. <laughs> <laughs> body doubles. just like a pasted on like beard and <laughs> back hair just like all right yes. guys it's me michael i'm here for the spoilers cr crushing everyone with boltons all the time <laughs> is that michael i don't know it kind of looked different but he he did crush us with the boltons it must have been him yeah so i mean we got the conscripts and the night watch recruiter we got the stark two hero box the king's guard for the lannisters and the warrior sons as well as the bolton black guard who apparently have emerged from the pit that they were thrown into by the game designer. <laughs> yeah, and, and finally, the Free Folk Cave Dweller Alpha. So before we get to talk even about Free Folk Tactics today, we got a lot of news to go through. So let's take a look at the Night's Watch conscripts and the recruiter, the, the watch recruiter here. Now, this is a, I think it was spoiled as a four-point unit, and it's got movement of five. It's on a four-plus with a seven. I think that's a six. Three, my misreading that card is a little blurry. It's a little blurry. Yeah, we, you know, we have to, we got to have that computer as like enhanced. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they seem to be like kind of like almost like free folk raiders here. They've got armor of five plus, morale of eight plus. But where they differ just, just slightly is they have reinforcements. Each time this unit activates, it may restore up to D3 wounds. If you control the wealth tactic zone, restore three wounds instead. 
and then they're uninitiated they can't attach a vow so wow they just rejuvenate themselves yeah they're the fresh recruits just showed up haven't gotten the full alistair thorn treatment uh and so therefore they're the worst night's watch unit in terms of stats but also with that point cost can be a pretty awesome filler unit that has I think a surprising amount of survivability. Yeah, and this would be a great unit even just to go take an objective, but it really fits in that theme. And I know the Night's Watch theme is like being like hardy and resilient, but like in my mind, they're just like the regeneration faction. I know not all of their units do that, but it seems to be like the defining characteristic that stands in my mind when I play against them is they just keep coming back and coming back. I don't know. I, I think these guys are pretty cool, and I think they're going to get some play. I, I mean, they seem to fit well, and in, because in, I think one of the things that like the Night's Watch right now was lacking was like something that was a relatively cheap option. You know, their their most basic unit was six points, and right. a lot of their stuff was like eight points. So it was like sometimes it was hard to make certain lists work just because you just didn't have the right points values, but also. Right you'd wind up with like just a smaller number of activations because everything you had kicked so much ass. So this is like, you know, the the filler guys, which are, you know, I think are an important facet in an army is to have, you know, when you just want to have activations and bodies out there, I think it's great to have this kind of option available to you. And, you know, the, the thing that's interesting though is like the, the restoring D3 wounds. So if you're not having the tactic zone, I mean, that could be one model or that could be three models. And I think that, you know, getting one model back on this unit, like meh. Yeah. Getting three, like that's really annoying. It's almost so a rank. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and that. Speaking of which, if you have the watch recruiter with forced conscription, each time an enemy engaged with that unit loses models from an attack or panic test, this unit may restore up to one wound. You throw that in there, and it's that's even more hardy. That's uh, that's pretty good. I don't know if I throw them on, him on this unit particularly because I don't, I don't feel like these guys are the ones that are going to be in, like, you know causing a lot of damage or drop it in, uh, in the morale. veterans i think yeah i mean i think you throw it in that uh or or, or just this well i think the veterans are just staple Too john, right well okay. john snow you know what yeah, i mean he's yeah. so good with them i mean you still you could but then yeah that would be a nine point unit which better be really good but i mean what about um you know just the standard uh sworn brothers i think you know they're going to be definitely dealing wounds pretty often and then they can just get a, a, a wound back and then if they fail a panic test also that's another wound back i mean that's pretty effective yeah that that would be pretty good uh now it's off of a panic test here right uh so anytime they lose models from an attack or panic test so really it's giving you you know a, a little bit of a safety net there well, because it'd be one wound for the attack, right? And then one wound, if they also lose a model from their panic test, they would also, so you could technically get two back, right? Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. If I attack your free folk raiders, right? I kill six guys, I get a guy back. And then you fail your panic test as a result of that attack, I get another guy back. That's right. What that, so I think, um, I, I, I think that, that, I mean, again, you know, the, almost like the zombie faction here, I think the, the Night's Watch are going to be pretty slick. And I think, I mean, this guy, I don't, do, we saw the back of his card. He's only one point, right? Yeah. And, uh, and the thing about this, I'm yeah. just, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, man. For one that's point. That's going to make for some really resilient units there. Uh, I'm excited to, to face those and, and test them out on the battlefield. But I don't think they're going to have as big of an impact on the overall game as maybe something like the Stark Heroes box too. Yes, that's right, buddy. <laughs> so we got six characters spoiled in there and a, and a doggo. <laughs> That's right. That's right. What uh, what are you thinking here? I am so excited about all of these guys because, as everyone knows, I love Starks, and the only thing I love more <laughs> than Starks are heroes for Starks and all the fun characters they have. So I'm super psyched to see these guys out in the field. 
and the world could always use more heroes, right? Yeah. So which uh, let's start from the top and work our way down from the spoiled cards we've seen. Sure. Um, and, and who stands out to you? So let's see. So first things first, we have Asha uh or is it osha yeah OSHA. Like the, it's like the the uh that helps me. Unit. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh all right so she has go down fighting each time a rank in this unit is destroyed one enemy engaged with it suffers one wound if you control the combat space deal d3 wounds instead and then she has a second Ooh. ability run child during this unit's activation or after it is attacked you may kill asha or osha to move Rick and Stark to another friendly infantry unit within long range and ignore so the usual attachment restrictions. A model you take that you actually get three models with? You take her, so. you also get Rick and Stark, and you also get Shaggy Dog. So what does Rick and Stark do then? Oh, he's uh, he's an interesting one. So his his card is Valuable Captive. This model is always the last model destroyed in this unit. When this unit is destroyed, your opponent gains one victory point. So that's bad, right? <laughs> I think, okay. I, I mean, we don't know the points values for these yet, right? So I don't know, um, you know, I, I guess what they're going to do is probably scale that ability with what Osha, Asha, and Shaggy Dog give you. You know, you're kind of yeah. getting like three models for the price of one. But if one of them is strictly a negative for you, um then you know of course it's gonna have to be balanced out now we've got a rumored two-point value on them mm -hmm. so i'm not sure this is confirmed yet but getting a shaggy dog who's got movement six like your typical direwolf savage mauling hits on a two plus on two dice three plus armor two plus morale save two wounds gets a free maneuver but then also has vicious so, uh, defenders suffer negative to their panic test would you if, if that two-point value that rumored two-point value is true what do you think about that as a package of three i don't know because i so i think i think the trick is here is that run child ability um because i think what you do is you stick asha in a like sort of a survive asha and rickon in like a survivable unit mm -hmm. uh, and bait your enemy into spending a lot of resources to try to get that bonus victory point and gotcha. the whole time you're kind of you know plinking away at them doing damage doing damage and then when it's about to go south you toss out Asha, Osha, and then Rickon will teleport to a nearby unit that's out of harm's way. I think that's sort of the the goal there. And for two points, I mean, getting an extra wolf for an activation, I think is pretty good. I think Asha's ability is, you know, I mean, if you control the military space all the time, you know, that could be a lot of wounds, but probably more likely you have it about half the time, maybe. Um, and so if you think about it, like each time a rank is destroyed, you do a one anywhere between one and one D three wounds. I mean, the most you can do if your unit has been killed is, is nine, right? You, if you're all perfectly and have the military her right and like a berserkers unit, or do you want to really, uh, I mean, uh, I guess, I don't know. Cause I think, you know, once I, you lose run child, that's yeah. Like, what you, you wouldn't want to put her in like, but you wouldn't want to put her in like a house telly sworn shields. Like they may never lose a rank that game. Like they'll just be like, Nope, we're defensive. Oh, right. But I think that's I think that is where what I would put them is something like that to to basically put that point really high up on the shelf so that you know your enemy has to swing a lot of units at them they're very unlikely to lose ranks quickly um, and the whole time you're getting the advantage of having this dog running around eating people um, and ideally you know you might be also you know if you're being attacked by things like giants or other wolves or mountain that rides or cavalry you know 
theoretically you could actually deal some wounds which are a lot more impactful than i mean if you like lost a rank while you're fighting raiders or something like that and you got like one or one d3 wounds it's like that's that's not doing really much of anything for you yeah i guess you're right Still cool though yeah it's a really interesting idea and i like when they kind of break the tradition that we've seen so far like having a three unit package kind of cool yeah exactly i mean i wish i wish rickon did something else um besides just giving a point to the other team. But I don't know what that would be because uh, he is like just basically a little kid. So I don't know how combat effective uh, he is. I think from the show, we know that he's not particularly combat effective. All right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Do you want you want to hear a bit of uh, trivia about the character of Osha Asha? What do you got? So as book readers will know, the character that plays, uh, that, that's Theon's sister is named Asha, A-S-H-A. And oh. the showrunners found that people would be confused between Osha Asha and Asha Asha. So they changed Asha Greyjoy's name to Yara Greyjoy. Well, that's how that <laughs> happened, folks. Uh, the, old, the old switcheroo of the name. <laughs> and they also cast the mountain three separate times. But anyway. <laughs> what about Mira Reed? You know, Mira and Jojen are, are pretty cool cards. Um, we've talked about Jojen a little bit before, but her uh, his compatriot mira mira has the order hidden traps so when this may sound familiar to you chase but uh, (laughs) when an unengaged enemy within long range moves that offer the enemy suffers d3 wounds and triggers a disorderly charge on rolls of one or two this turn it's an order Uh, and she also grants the affiliation of kranigman so So stark versus stark (laughs) exactly yeah kill those wolves and i mean it's interesting because uh, both of them offer that Kranigman affiliation, so you can start to layer some of those effects and really take advantage of Howland Reed as as the commander, which I think is interesting. Uh, I, th- I still think Hidden Traps is an awesome ability, and just throwing that in with a unit of just about anything is pretty sweet. I mean, like you throw that in with a unit of Bowman or something just to make, you know, sort of like, you know, maybe a, a good play against Bowman would be like, I'm going to send a wolf out there and engage them in close range and just kind of waste their their whole game, essentially. But now if they do that and you have hidden traps, you can at least, I mean, potentially kill the wolf on the way in, which is pretty sweet. And I'm worried about my giants now. That's scary. I thought I only had to worry about that fight and other free folk. Exactly. I mean, it's 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 still D3 wounds, so it's like, you know, that could be, you could roll one. And you could be getting attacked by, like I said, a unit of raiders where you're like, okay, sweet, I killed one raider. That's worth <laughs> like nothing. But, you know, um, in the right circumstances, that can be a powerful ability and discourage movement within a specific zone, which is always nice. And we've talked about Jojen Reed before, and he's got Jojen's Green Sight, where you roll your D6, and there's different tiers of abilities. Uh, one being Horrific Visions that become panicked or vulnerable, your, your enemy. Uh, sorry, no, your unit becomes panicked and vulnerable. <laughs> that's the, that's, that's a drawback. a little bit of a different there. It's, yeah. And then uh, two through three, Guiding Hand, the unit may reroll any misses. Four through five, the path is clear. They get a free maneuver action, which is awesome. And then Perfect Clarity on a six. Look at one opponent's hand and uh, tactics cards and discard one of those cards. One enemy within long range of this unit becomes vulnerable. So that's that's amazing. But that's sort of like, you know, you roll your winds of magic and see what sort of results you get. I'm not personally always a fan of that style of uh, randomness. Yep, yep. Uh, but that's go- when it's good, it's going to be good. They're kind of exploring the space, right? So it seems like they're kind of going in a direction where there's a sort of positive, but also a drawback to a lot of these newer characters that are coming out. So it's not strictly everything's awesome. There's also some you know potential bad downside, right? Because Rickon, yeah, he gives your opponent a victory point if they kill him. 
and then Mira and Jojen, yeah, every once in a while, you're going to roll that horrific visions that are at a bad time. So I think with Jojen, I think, again, I think he's going to work best in a unit that is um, like a ranged unit uh, because that then becoming panicked and vulnerable is hopefully less important because, you know, hopefully they're not being attacked in combat very often. Uh, and so then, you know, re-rolling misses, being able to free maneuver, all awesome stuff. So I think... Uh, we still don't know the points value and don't know if we have to take them in pairs or something like that, but I think they're both pretty interesting. And then Arya Stark and Cyril Pharrell. So Arya Stark has never do what they expect. So once per game, at the start of the round, one friendly infantry unit may take one free maneuver action, and you flip this card over to show the ability has been used. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's the start of a round. It's something that, you know, hopefully you're doing on uh, turns you where you're going to go first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, you can threaten it because your opponent has to keep in mind, like, okay, at any point in time, at the start of a, a round, he may just flip that card over and put his unit in a really advantageous position or, you know, bail them out of a really bad situation. So... I think it's a powerful ability. And again, I'd be interested to see like what the final points cost is. And also, you know, if you have to take her in concert with Serio, uh, just cause I think that ability on its own, I mean, that could that be more than one point? Cause it's a one-time use per game. I don't know. Cause it's going to be really devastating when you do use it. Cause you can basically guarantee like a flank or rear charge with this, but very likely. Yes. At the same time, it's only once. It's per game, and it's kind of at a weird time. So it's not even like, you know, like Sansa's ability like is like once per game at any time. So whatever works best for you, that's when you're going to do it. But with this one, it's kind of got to be at the top of a round. And, you know, th there's going to be times where you're just like, this isn't really useful to me. Like, I, I don't want to do it. And then you could just like turn your guy to face me. And now, okay, I just, I did a free maneuver to do nothing. You know, you want to kind of plan ahead. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it seems like a, a little low end on the power scale, but like also potentially very good for that one turn. So I, I would assume that it'd be, it should be a lower point value. I think, and I don't know if this is confirmed, just checking here. It looks like people believe that she's at three points and as an NCU though. As an NCU. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, in that case, I take everything back. I think that's a perfectly fair uh, ability. Because then... <laughs> I mean, th the thing is, a three-point NCU is pretty good just on its own, just because I love right. cheap NCUs. I think that's a superpower on its own. Uh, I don't think she's as good as certain NCUs. Like, you know, I think, was it Maester Pycelle who throws down the, the weakened token oh, every yeah. turn? That's so much better than what she does. How but about Lady, Lady Val? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there's there's definitely better three-point NCUs. Oh, I guess um, this isn't just an activation, though. It's in a, in addition to their regular turn. Hers is hers, I guess, then is sort of like um, oh, you don't need to take the zone to use this, yeah. So, no. this is actually it's fairly limited though, because it's still at the top of a round, so right? It's, you know, it's one of those cards that... you're gonna forget to use the first time you play it, and you're like, I want to do it now, and you're like, oh, I'm spending three points on this lady, she is for sure getting used. That ability <laughs> is gonna, I will force that ability to come up, <laughs> but that's interesting. And then, okay. uh, Sarah Pharrell, then the first blade of Bravos, so he's got order Bravosi water style. Uh, and it says, when this unit is attacked with melee, before attack dice are rolled, enemies suffer minus one to hit when targeting this unit with melee attacks. Pretty cool. That's, that seems pretty useful. Yeah. Especially, there, I, I mean, if you throw them in with something like, um, you know, Berserkers, that the, like, they're never taking morale damage, so the only way they typically take damage is through, um, you know, combat. How yeah. awesome would that be to, like, just force your enemy to miss more often? Jeez, Yeah. I think he's I think he's pretty good. I'd like to see his points value, but I think that's a pretty powerful ability. 
Yeah, that, and I think, you know, honestly, it's just a cool, like, flavorable unit that I would be like, I'd like to put that in the game. Like, he just seems cool to be like, I've got this model on the table. This, for some reason, always reminds me of that classic John Voight line from the movie Anaconda, fish river style. I don't know why. <laughs> Do you remember that? Remember that movie? Oh, <laughs> my Anaconda? God. What? Yeah. Uh, John Voight playing I, the Brazilian uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. snake hunter, and then he stabs a fish and he says, Fish River style. <laughs> Bravo, sea water style. I, I always think of uh, Princess Bride, and, uh, but I too am not left handed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But fair enough. As we uh, now let's, let's move on and talk about some of the Lannisters, my old stomping grounds here. We talked about some of the Kingsguard last week, talking about Boris Blount or Blunt and uh barrison selmy but now we know the rest of the king's guard so uh mandan moore uh dominance of the crown while you control the crown this unit's melee attacks get plus one to hit and when attacking enemies with fewer remaining ranks than this unit you also gain vicious the defender suffers negative two to their panic tests so that's pretty sweet that's really sweet i mean yeah. that plus one to hit is amazing and then also gaining vicious if you have uh more ranks than your enemy i mean that's insane i mean you throw him in with a unit of like lannister halberdiers yeah now they're hitting he's coming in at two points pretty good yeah (laughs) so i mean plus on the hit you're gonna get some 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 gross i mean that's gonna start stacking up like the lannister troops typically aren't like that bad at hitting things i know it's like four plus uh three plus with the mountain men so now you're hitting on a two plus if you're with them uh is it is it melee only melee attacks yeah game plus one okay so you cross those are out of but a halberdier is hitting on a three plus, like sundering and potentially vicious as well. I mean, that's a pretty scary unit all of a sudden. Yeah, man, that's that's really good. So, whew, all these kings guard <laughs> look amazing. I just keep thinking in my head of like, okay, my free folk. How am I going to fight this? My free folk, um, like Ares Oakheart, protection of the crown. While you control the crown, tactic zone. Enemies suffer negative one to hit when attacking this unit with melee. Also awesome. Also great. I mean, so this is one where maybe you throw this in with your um, crossbowmen or something. You know, something yeah. that is maybe not super survivable. Maybe the mountainsmen because they're, you know, they do a lot of damage. But, you know, on the crackback, they're not so tough. I think something like this would be really solid. And he's only one point, allegedly. This is all according to a Song of Ice and Fire builder. And Mark, if you have these points in wrong, you're dead to me. If you think about that as a direct comparison to um, uh, Serio that we just saw, his is an order. So once per turn, essentially, uh, he can initiate this exact same effect. While Eris, provided you control the crown space, which assuming if you have Joffrey, you do all the time. I mean, that's that's pretty damn good. I might point. be misspeaking here because all the other Kingsguard in the Song of Ice and Fire Builder are at two points. Okay. So maybe that's a typo on their end. I'll talk to Mark, but uh, I'll be for nothing, Jake. <laughs> I know, but maybe I mean one can dream, right? That's the that's the fun part. Uh, Preston, everyone's favorite, Preston Greenfield, prosperity of the crown. While you control the crown tactic zone, each time this unit performs an action, you may draw one tactics card. Each time this unit performs an action, you can draw one tactics card. What? pretty solid so what's considered an action i mean so would it be like when they activate and then if you uh anything on that little another... anything on oh what if you do that twice right so i mean can you can you, you give know, them a maneuver zone and have them move and then you draw another card and then if you claim the combat space and they activate again you can draw another card i mean is that 
Are those all uh, action? Oh my gosh. Well, they're you think they are because yeah, because I was looking up something recently and it was, you know, you're not getting another activation. You only get one activation. Right. But you're getting them to take a free maneuver action. Oh, I mean, you stack them up with the right sort of setup. I mean, you could wind up drawing a ton of cards. Early yeah, in the game. Tyrion and Preston. My God. If that's not right, somebody let us know because that seems really useful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's definitely it's got to be right. We've never we've never made a mistake. It's never happened. Oh gosh, here come the emails. <laughs> <laughs> what about Jamie Lannister, expert duelist? Each time this unit makes a melee attack against an enemy infantry unit, it deals one additional wound. If there is an attachment in that unit, you may instead roll a die on a three plus. Kill that attachment, removing one model from the back of the unit to fill a slot. Uh, this is old school Jamie. This yes. is original OG yeah. Jamie Lannister. That is now, so cool. Now he's like, where's that Rickon at? I would find <laughs> exactly. <people> like... <laughs> he's going to be dead. That's really powerful. Yeah, um, I think the incidental one extra wound is, you know, that's pretty cool. I, I don't think that's going to really blow anybody's hair back, but it's really the attach, <laughs> attachment removal. That's the, that's the awesome thing here. Cause it's like, you just have to make the attack. So it doesn't even matter if you've killed anything. Right. So then if you deal a, a, a wound, you all, the other side benefit of this is of course that you're forcing a uh, panic test, no matter what, right? Right. Oh, that's true. So auto wounds well, actually, are, are nice for that too. Yeah, you kill that attachment. It counts as an attack then, because it's also got the attack action icon. Yeah. Man, intimidation of the crown coming from Mirian Trant. Oh, Mirin. Sorry, Mirian. Mirin okay. Trant. Sorry, I bet he gets that all the time. Made, um, made intimidation of the crown. When you control the crown tactic zone, each time this unit performs an action, one enemy within long range gains one condition condition token. Of your choice. What? <laughs> Seems good. So each time you perform an action. So again, if you can find ways of uh, activating a unit multiple times, giving them free actions, uh, all of a sudden you're like kind of spitting out tokens all over the place. Yeah. It seems good. He's like the Oprah of the Lannisters. You get a token <laughs> and you get a token. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Then finally, last but not least, certainly, uh, small in stature. And other negative things. Joffrey Baratheon, um, the king is dead. This model is always the last model destroyed from this unit. When this model is destroyed, your opponent gains plus two additional victory points, and each of your combat units becomes panicked. Oh, <laughs> well, two two points and panicked. Yeah. Uh, How do, that... Where do you hide him? Where do you hide him? I don't know. I think you I think you have to hide him somewhere very survivable because not your crossbow men. Crossbow men never make it. I'm like, I got him in the back. And it's like, no, those guys like trip on the way to the oh battlefield. My God. Yeah. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. So I mean I think he has to be uh well, does he have to be attached to the King's Guard? Oh, I guess he... you're right. I think he has to be attached to the King's Guard. That's his unit. Uh, uh so... I mean, gosh, that's gonna be that's gonna be rough. But that's the only way you can field them, I assume. Right. Because you have him in the... In the... So if he's on the battlefield, he's in the Kingsguard unit, which as itself isn't such a bad unit. Movement of five. Only two ranks of attack. Hitting on a two plus at eight and eight for both of those. Armor three plus, morale four plus. The order that the Kingsguard have, counterattack. When this unit is attacked and uh, with melee, after the attack dice are rolled, for each blocked hit, the attacker suffers one automatic hit. So that's pretty good. They have only eight models with four banners behind them and eight wounds that can't be healed 
and they're fearless. They suffer no penalties to morale, never become panicked. So you plop them in there, and this unit, guess how much this unit costs? Less than you would think, right? Yeah, it's two units of Free Folk Raiders, <laughs> aka six points. Six points. So that is low. These guys, I know some people are like, oh my God, they only have eight wounds that can never be healed. Yeah, but they're going to be doing work while they're out there. Because they never, I mean, they're, they, their abilities in, to fight never degrade until they're completely dead. So yeah. they're, they're pretty sweet. And then don't forget about the banners. I mean, that's another massive component of how this unit works. So at the start of their activation, they can remove one banner to gain one of the following effects. Uh, each effect can only be used once per game. So the first one, the unit may immediately make one free maneuver or retreat action. That's really useful to get this unit out of trouble. Um, this unit's melee attacks gain critical blow. Rolls of six cause two hits and sundering. Defenders get minus one to their defense save rolls. Great for pushing out damage. This unit's melee attacks gain vicious and the defender becomes panicked. That is a dangerous combination right there. And then when this unit attacks, defenders become vulnerable and weakened. Wow. Yeah, that, that seems really good. Um, I mean... You can only use each one of these one time. So I'm assuming you like, you know, when you take the flag off, you put it on the one that you've used to show you've used it or, or what, however you want to track that. But I mean, free maneuver, critical blow and sundering, which is amazing, you know, vicious and panicked uh, and then vulnerable and weakened. Like all of those things are really, really, really. So I think, you know, granted the unit's not really going to be super survivable. So you want to be careful about where they pl get placed and that they don't get swarmed. But I mean, man, in the right situations, these guys are going to be nasty until they're gone. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think it's kind of cool in that they're they're super they're super badass. They can like they can handle themselves, but as they start to get worn down, like you can want to try and chip away at them, then you got to be like a lot more careful with them. You got Joffrey, and they might like you know back off out of battle or retire from the battlefield just to save your your victory points. Um, yeah. which I feel like is befitting of a Kingsguard. Like I like the thematic element of that. Percent. I think uh, I think they're they're so cool though. I'm super excited to see what they look like on the field. I mean, because they're not they're not they're just basically not taking morale damage ever. I mean, you, they're a four plus, right? So very unlikely to take morale damage. Uh, their armor is also very good at three plus. I mean, they're reasonably quick. They're not like really slow and plodding. So I think these guys are pretty sweet i think that um i mean i think they'd be like crazy if they had a full 12 man unit at the same time like you you definitely don't want them getting hit by giants or being like out of position oh. or getting shot by a scorpion bolt thrower or three oh sorry only two scorpion bolt thrower or two um like you want to avoid those sort of obvious like yeah this is gonna hurt situations but protected well i, I think these guys do more than their fair share I mean, if you line them up with most infantry units, they're going to be doing a ton of damage, especially if you start throwing out like Sundering and, and Critical Blow in, in one attack. I mean, like, you know, that's enough to punch to a ton of damage at eight dice on a two plus. I mean, you're basically going to hit eight times, even if they get weakened. I mean, you have to re-roll. I mean, yeah. you're only missing on a one. So it's these guys are going to punch out a ton of damage. Do you think that, um, what do you think about this mechanic of adding victory points to your own units? Because switching over to Free Folk, I'm really appreciating insignificant now. Yeah, yeah. This is going the other direction. Right. I mean, it's, it's interesting. And, and then this is also one of those units where if you take them in the, uh, oh, what's the game mode where like character units can't redeploy. I mean, I'm assuming these guys are gone for good, right? Yeah. Sort it's of a, like it's a character unit for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's going to be situations where these guys are, are just not, I think that, um, I think that if you put, 
because that that bonus two victory points that you're throwing in there is basically making these guys like way cheaper, um, right? Because this would probably but, be know, an eight, so, eight point unit otherwise. Right. The question I wonder is like, in six rounds. Yeah, I guess if you're if you're not careful, you could wipe this unit out. But I'm wondering if you you know with the banners being able to like even that final like maneuver retreat like just save that to be like nope disengaging getting out of here. This might be a real trap trying to get people to kill it when you're not going to let them finish it off in the sixth round, you know, it's actually, yeah. I mean, I, I think, but the other thing is like, I think this is going to draw so much hate and aggression that, you know, that'll free up your other units to get to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, I think sometimes there's value value in sort of drawing your opponent's attention to one specific thing when, especially when that one specific thing has a three plus armor save and hits on a two plus at eight. Is this I a, think... is it a buff to like units? Or is it draw new lists other than guardsmen? Because if you got like a bunch of guardsmen in this unit, your guardsmen aren't going to do anything. Like your guardsmen need to get hit. And if you're just like, no, I'm not going to hit him. I'm hitting this guy instead. Oh. That's not so great. So maybe you want to take, you know, it's going to push more list diversity now. Yeah. Well, I think these guys take, I mean, I think you, I think still guards and guards captain are still like very acceptable to take as, you know, filler in the unit. But then I think, yeah, these guys are probably fit better when they have a little more, aggressive options in the rest of the list maybe more halberdiers or maybe the warrior sons what do you think about them i mean i think they are also extremely cool <laughs> why don't you walk us through the stats on the way <laughs> okay all right so these guys have a movement of five uh they hit on a four plus uh they have a seven to a five to a four uh they have a defensive of a four plus and a morale of a four plus now their special ability is battle prayer each time this unit passes a morale test against one faith token, it may expend faith tokens to do the following. When this unit attacks before attack dice are rolled, this attack gains plus one to hit and sundering. Or when this unit is attacked after attack dice are rolled, this unit gets plus one to the defense save for rolls uh, for this attack. So um, do you know anything about for, is this going to be, it's not a condition token. It's just a faith token. Um, do you think it's the same rules where you can't expend like multiple of the same token? Could I expend like two faith tokens to get plus two and sundering? I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, huh, because you get all these faith tokens. Can you just or is it, it just like so that... I got four faith tokens and it's just like every time they do anything for the next two turns, it's like I'm harder to hit. I do more damage. Yeah, I don't know because it does, it may expend faith tokens to do the following. When this unit attacks forward, to... yeah, it doesn't seem to indicate that. I mean, obviously, sundering can't it's like a double new mechanic. Up. I'm sure they'll like explain it more when the actual units come out. Probably be like, "Hey, idiots! Yeah, it's one per." Well, I, I don't <laughs> know. Is a faith token the same as a condition token? I guess I don't know. I, I guess what you could probably say here is if like the pre-existing ruling would be something along the lines of you can only do one thing per trigger. Right. So maybe you know you can't spend more than one faith token. right there's only that's, one trigger that's what it would be because it's when this unit is attacked one trigger hmm. send all your angry emails to chase at on the what? table game. what <laughs> do you uh what, what do you think would you take this unit oh, of course i would i mean I, how, we, do we know how much they cost yet uh let me see if we can find out they but like six points they seven. look like they are you guys in in real time we're exploring the worlds of point values i can't find them <laughs> okay i don't i don't uh, know that we know at this point aha eight points oh eight, <laughs> points. eight points 
Yikes. Okay. Uh, that's pretty expensive. Yeah. I don't know if this would be something you throw in like a champion of the faith. So the all when the unit passes a morale test, all enemies engaged with this unit become vulnerable. That doesn't seem that makes it a nine point unit. That's not necessarily worth it. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't I don't know what I do with them then. So eight points. I mean, gosh, that's a ton. I'm trying uh, to scan through here. Like, are there any attachments that have abilities that make you take a panic test? Like some attachment where you're like, oh, that sucks. It make my own guy take a panic test and uh, be like, no, yeah, put him in there. But I don't see any of them. Uh, eight points. That seems a lot because their attack profile is not even with their plus one to hit and sundering is like not killing it. I 100% think this unit is going to be amazing. I'm calling it here. But I think it is part of a larger thematic way you build your army that's yeah. centered around morale and faith tokens. Like, I think we're going to see more, uh, you know, like the faith militant units coming out. We've got the high sparrow. I think this is going to be like a sub genre style of play. There aren't and, there high sparrow cards where it's like if you take a morale test, you get like a recover one. Yes. Like, so, I, I, okay. So I think it's probably that's where that fits in is like, you know, you, you've got this sort of like recovering unit that sticks around. I still feel like, I mean, for eight points, even at plus one to hit yeah. and thundering at full ranks, I mean, seven dice hitting on a three plus with thundering, that's still worse than Berserkers at six points. I mean, their but, armor you know is better, but... These these guys are so way more points than yeah. our next unit, the Bolton Blackguard, but I would totally take my Warrior Sons into the Bolton Blackguards. We'll so take the, the Warriors. I'll take, my prediction is I will take the Warrior Sun directly into the box that they came in hey oh what <laughs> what um I'm so bolton blackguard that that new unit uh the long-awaited bolton black blackguards uh of which michael chanel claimed were being <laughs> had been thrown into a pit man these guys look cool movement four so they are slow on the greater scheme of things they got spiked flails four plus to hit seven five three three plus armor morale of six plus but they've got this horrific visage each time an enemy targets this unit with a melee attack, that enemy suffers a panic test before re resolving the attack. Man, there go my free folk raiders. <laughs> I mean, like we thought about hitting you, but meh, we pieced out. It's, um, it's interesting. I mean, it, so depending on who's attacking you, that could be really meaningful. Right. I mean, obviously, Warrior sons would be like, yeah, like more sweet. Yeah, feed me. <laughs> well, I think like that, look you know, at that guy. I have more power. <laughs> well, like, like the, a anti-Medusa. The the uh the whole like sort of theme of like the boltons is you know distributing panic tokens and making you fail panic checks and so i think uh odds are whoever is attacking these guys probably has a panic token on them already so i think that's sort of the goal is to you know find other ways of spending those tokens and making units screw up i i don't know do we do we know i'm gonna ask a question do we know how much these guys are now these guys are six points so they are pretty competitively priced, I think, for what you get. This isn't one of those like uh, crazy eight point. Not that the Warrior Sons are crazy eight points, but six points. I mean, that's it's there. The Warrior Sons are definitely crazy at eight points. Come on, eight points. That's a nice actually rock unit. When in like I like I said, I think it's going to be a little bit more time until we see uh, how they fit into things. But when everybody's like eight points, these guys are amazing. Then that'll be my time. I'm like, yeah, I called it. Right. We can only evaluate. You can only listen. You can always say down the road, right? But like, right evaluating now, as right it stands right points. now, that seems high. That's yeah. all I'll say. That's that's a lot. That's a yeah. lot. Um, I mean, if you if you put this unit against the blackguards, you know what I mean, and they fought each other, how yeah. much are, are they? Two points more? I don't know. Well, 
Let's see. Oh, yeah. Well, these guys would essentially always have tokens then. So they'd be a three plus to save always. Better morale. Same attack profile, except on the last rank, the Warrior Sons have one more die. One I, more movement speed. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think Sundering. I don't know. Yeah. The Warrior Sons would probably win, but I mean, like, if you just park a Bolt, like, Bolt and Black Guards are basically like the Lannister, like, slightly worse Lannister guards, um, you know, with, with a slightly, slightly better attack profile. I mean, they go from seven to five to three out of four plus. They have better armor and better morale. But I mean, they're the same speed. They're not killing a ton of guys in combat. Uh, so, it, it, yeah, they're it, an anvil like, unit, right? They're, these guys are catching. They're, you're taking them for the three plus armor. Yeah, you get them on a point and they sit there. And then you yeah. let your, you know, because then you have your cheaper, um, uh, oh gosh, what are they called? Cutthroats. You know, they're yep. running around dealing damage with vault, you know, with the uh, vicious and everything on their attack. So, I think these guys are just the ones like sit on a point and just hang on to it. Plus, they're going to look super cool. Yeah, I think these miniatures are going to be amazing. Um, and uh, you could use these with the Dreadfort Caps, and you know, then you're getting to seven-point territory. But every time your opponent attacks you, they take a panic test. If they fail that panic test, one other enemy within long range becomes panicked. So you can just like use this unit to kind of farm out tokens. Uh, I mean, that's that's a, there's a there's like a sort of a, a archetype there, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, do what? you put Ramsey Snow in here? Every time the enemy fails a panic test, they suffer two additional wounds. But you're still only getting attacked good. once. Yeah. Mm, I mean, each time you could do Roos Bolton for three point the Leech Lord. Every time a unit engaged fails a panic test, the unit restores two wounds. I don't know if this unit, you know, do you really need to be like keeping it alive in that way? I don't think it's gonna be pushing out the damage otherwise. Oh, well, and is that the commander version of Roos Bolton? Uh, that is the no, that's the uh, three point attachment. <laughs> so then no, that's an I expensive unit, I, nine points. Yeah, I, I, that's my thing. Is like, I still think that the the named attachments tend to be very very expensive points wise. So yeah. I think like you know, the, the, not, that becomes a nine point unit. I mean, you have to be killer to be do, at nine. And points. and hope your opponent doesn't take Jamie Lannister. <laughs> oh no, yeah, <laughs> just nips that guy out and just like sweet on two points. I just that was a unit of raiders. Just exactly, totally. I was just gonna say it. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's just my playstyle. I, I still think I think it'll be fun we, when we eventually have to do like a battle report where we all, we have to take a named attachment in every unit, no matter what, and you know, just play like the you know heroes of Game of Thrones yeah. mode. Um, but yeah, as it stands right now, I mean, if we're playing from like a competitive angle, like if you're really going for like the hardcore, I, I don't know that that's worth it, but. Right. These guys still have a place in, in a Bolton. I mean, we talked about it before. Like the Boltons were lacking survivability on the ground, and this is gonna be what they what they come. I feel like we're starting to get some units to release that I I really do think are teasing like subgenres of the factions. Maybe yeah. not in this case, but like with the faith tokens, the the Night's Watch conscripts, like these different flavorful elements that are expanding out the factions that sometimes I think it's like, well, I, I really do think it's like there's something missing here. You know what's the next thing that's coming out i just to, to me it's like looking at the, sorry to go back to the you know uh warrior sons but it seems like they just don't bring that much to the table that the lannisters don't already do better for less you know what right. i mean like i i would probably if i'm looking to put out damage i'm taking the halberdiers if i'm knights. looking to or, or yeah god the knights of castle rock or if i'm looking to you know have something survivable i take a unit of guardsmen with a guard captain uh, yeah, but I mean, these guys kind of do both. I think that's the advantage of the Warrior Sons is they're very flexible. Uh, I just don't know that, like, I, 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 you know, at last ranks they're rolling four dice. At right. second rank they're rolling five. It's just like who cares? <laughs> like, you know, I yeah. don't know. I, I just don't see that being like devastating. I wouldn't be like super scared to see these guys. 
And then the final uh, announced unit is the Cave Dweller Alpha. Uh, we got a chance to reveal that on our video and on a Song of Ice and Fire CC.com. Um, Cave Dweller Alpha, one point attachment, ferocious assault. Enemies successfully charged by this unit become panicked. This is great. It's um, universally this, good. Like, I I really think, you know, people say like the free folk are like the swarm faction. I'm, I'm thinking they're going to become like the attachment faction where they get a bunch of cheap, useful attachments that can do a variety of roles and you've got a bunch of units that can take them. So I basically taking like three point units that I can throw useful attachments into. Being able to throw out panic tokens is awesome. And you're either using those as your cave dweller savages, you know, beefing up their charge or, you know, throw it into your spear wicks and get some nice positioning to charge into the flanks or the rear and use that extra morale damage to try and finish off your units. I think the free folk are starting to shake shape a little bit more here. Yeah, and not even that, but like, I mean, if you think about it, like the the panic token sticks around. So you can even use yes. it to set up another attack, right? So if you have, you're, you're lined up in the front and then you have another unit that's going to be swarming from the side, you go, okay, I'm going to land with this attack, give you a panic token. Then my second unit's going to come in from the side. Now you have a panic token. So when we inflict wounds on you, you're going to like take even more damage. I mean, I think it's uh, for one point, and I mean, I like- Compare yeah. that to compare that to the three point attachment right. you're just talking about. It's like right. that is so good. And I think it's also a buff to the Manstrader Artful Tactician NCU. Now he has to put those t- condition tokens on, and when you have condition tokens, it gives you other effects. Well, now being able to generate and get more condition tokens onto enemy units, he can influence a unit and automatically bump it to two plus tokens, giving a minus one attack die and minus one movement and minus one to hit on all attacks you're not too far off from being able to get to three plus then units losing all abilities i think this is going to be really helpful i mean think about that eight point unit of warrior sons three condition tokens on them they 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 are you know basically completely stuck uh and then you know i mean it's all for one point plus your commander i mean that's pretty uh that's pretty sweet well and i you know we're going to talk about some free folk tactics in just a moment but some of my complaints about that faction so far have been finishing units off. It's very difficult. Cajal or Savages are that unit. Like, go out and get two of these because uh, you're going to want them for list diversity. You're going to want to put these in your army. Uh, they're going to help push through that extra damage and finish the units off exactly what they're struggling with. Everything else chips away, and then wham, you're taking stuff out. We should point out, though, we did. I mean, so we did play some games over the weekend, and uh, this is last weekend. And uh, even though I had my Knights of Castor the Rock with the mountain punched through and kill your commander, <laughs> but then I got yeah. swarmed. I was like, oh man, I was like, it was like a scary feeling because I was like, this 11 point unit is about to eat it. And they did. And like, you <laughs> right. know, they got surrounded on three sides. I was like, well, they're going to go Yeah. It was interesting to see because that you, I basically had to put equal value of points into it. And that got a little bit tricky there for a little while where I'm like, can I get 11 points at least of free folk stuff onto this unit here with three point units? Like it's kind of tough, but yeah, I'm, I'm, that's something for us to maybe explore more because I, I feel like, you know, I have to eat the cavalry charge. Like I can't not, I can't outmaneuver you really there very easily. I got, I could take lady Val. Um, there are some like secret, like surge forth, but like, if you know, those are coming, uh, sorry, swift advance, like, you know, those are coming or potential thing. Like you can be very careful with your knight's positioning. And I basically have to eat the cavalry charge and then with the mountain that rides, prepare for that overrun. Well, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, the, the swift advance is really your answer to cavalry because like, you know, I could line up at like, you know, basically just far enough out of range 
where you know with swift advance you can you know uh you know make your free maneuver and all of a sudden i am in range you know i'm at right. like ideal place for a charge but if you can take away i mean especially the knights of casterly rock they're so much worse when they're not charging uh, that that could make a huge difference right so then yeah free folk tactics so we'll start in here by um going through the commanders and then let's talk about some of the um tactics cards and some strategies available here. So, I mean, really at this point, limited for the number of commanders we can run. Uh, so we've got Mance Raider, King Beyond the Wall. Inspiring Presence, six plus morale. So his unit, whatever you place him in, gets a, a morale bonus. And you get the ability Rallying Point. Friendly units within short range may use this unit's morale stats for morale test. So you kind of get like a, a command aura. Yeah. Which I think, by the way, I love that. I wish it was long range just so that it extended out a little further but i still think that he's pretty awesome for that i mean that that giving everybody a six plus morale which is like one of those you know free folks worst categories is is huge absolutely and um the thing is it's like that it's tough because it can be deceptive where i'm like i've got a six plus morale stat like hell yeah but then playing <laughs> against like lannister supremacy like everything gives it minus two yeah. so then it's like well i'm back to my crappy eight but you oh. got to remember, like, otherwise you'd be at, like, rolling dice and trying to get over, like, a 10, essentially. Right. But then uh, don't forget, like, going to a 6-plus is also, if you roll catastrophically, you're still true. only taking 6 wounds instead of 8, which is, like, you know, obviously 6 is still a ton, you know, but, it, you know, 8, eight is, is worth. <laughs> eight. Yeah. That's uh, too right. You nothing you know? left to with 3 dice and with your units. Right. And, you know, I think what is interesting about Mance is that he, this is a commander that you can essentially run a single NCU list with because of his tactics card. One of the uh, abilities he has is Wildling Diplomacy, his tactics card. And when an enemy NCU activates, select two zones on the tactics board. If that NCU claims either zone this activation, deal one enemy combat unit, D3 plus two wounds. If that enemy combat unit is within short range of Mance Raider, they also gain one condition token of your choice. And so um, Chanal and Fabio Curry, the designer and developers for the game respectively, they talked about a little bit how you can actually run like single NCU lists with the Free Folk and it's not too crazy because their units don't benefit as much from the tactic zones. Like another attack, not that big a deal. But when you do that, you, you do give up a bit on the tactics board and that zone control can really hurt you. Wildling Diplomacy puts that playing field a little bit more even so you can start your opponent's got a few ncs you can be like really do you want to take that zone and give one of your units like automatic wounds or maybe you're gonna make a suboptimal choice here with your ncu that's awesome i mean it's like it's so cool because especially i mean even if there are situations where you do run you know multiple ncus and maybe there's only two spots left right uh, you know if they took three you know you can just say well damn if you do damn if you don't i'm gonna punch through a lot of damage to something i mean that's just gonna delete wolves that's gonna you know, almost knocked down a giant. I mean, how many wounds do giants have? Five? Five. So yeah, you roll three and... Ugh. I mean, so that's not an insignificant amount of damage to, to punch into something. So, and not to mention, you know, if they're in short range of mance, they get that condition token. So it, I think that's an awesome card. The other, another one is predictable maneuvers. Uh, start of the enemy turn. If they have two plus unactivated combat units, target one enemy combat unit. If that enemy activates this turn before they perform their action, one friendly unit may make a free attack action. If that enemy is in short range of Mance Raider, they also gain a condition token. A great way to like get a, a free activation without having to take the attack tactic zone, right? So right. rather than claiming that zone, you just, I know what, my unit's gonna attack again right here, or do this and take the attack action zone. 
and maybe get your savage cave dwellers to attack three times in a round? I think this one is one of those things where it's like you're disincentivizing them from using the thing that's going to screw your your whole plan, right? Right. So if it's like you're lined up and it's like, okay, well, if they attack with their berserkers this turn and they kill my unit and are able to move out of the way, it's going to mess up my other three units. And so I really don't want that to happen. So I'm going to play this to make it so that if they do that, there's a penalty, right? Right. And, and at the very least, you're getting your condition token out. Yeah, exactly. So maybe, and maybe, you know, they go, okay, well, I only have two two models left in my, in my Berserker unit. So now if he does that and he kills them both, I don't get to do anything. So now I really don't, you know what I mean? So now you really put your opponent in an interesting conundrum. So I think that's a really cool card. And then really the tactics card that a lot of these things hinge on, and this is a card like I really try to fish for early on, start of a friendly turn, meticulous planning, Discard this card and one other tactics card. Search your tactics deck for any one card and add it to your hand. Shuffle your tactics deck afterward. So this lets you just go through and pull out the card you need. Now the question is, what cards are you pulling? Well, you know, we haven't really talked through all the Free Folk tactics cards. Should we take a second and do that now? Should, because I, I think there's one there's one card in particular that's probably yeah. what I would say is the most uh, you know critical one to grab. So the question is then, what card are you grabbing? The free folk, let's go through their cards right now and just and talk through them in general and then see if there's one that stands out. Okay. So uh, group assault. When a friendly unit makes a melee attack, if there's another friendly unit engaged with that enemy, this attack gains critical blow and sundering. So giving your sixes to two hits and a minus one to their armor save. I love this card. Um, man, at the end of the game, though, when I get my taxes cards, my units are starting to die off. Boy, is it frustrating to be like, oh, man, I got this. I'm going to finish that unit off. And it's like, oh, no, wait. You just killed my raider unit. I need to have a friendly unit or two. You have to have two units engaged to take out and use his ability. Ooh. It, it did seem like you, you had a grip of dead cards in your hand at the yeah. end of both games where you're like, you kept on going and I'll play. Never mind. I need two guys. Yep. <laughs> it just kept happening. So uh, I feel like the free folk, you got to hit early and hit hard because towards that, like round six, like I'm not making big plays then. I'm limping along. Oh, I mean, but that's also because I think both of those games, you know, not to toot my own horn, but you know, for combat there was like you know you didn't have a lot of guys left on the field you know right. what i mean but if you were um eliminating more of my guys than losing which i think part of that was the game mode but like you know if that was the case then i think then this would be just increasingly useful towards the end of the game because now you're really finishing guys off right i feel like yeah and it's like you know just not being afraid to use those cards like your mountain that rides and the knights of castle rock ride in yep it's like i might as well just use group assault now like it just Crush them, kill them early, and get out. Um, I always said, like, you know, don't hang on, don't don't get caught hanging on to your tactics card for the whole game, because it's like very difficult to use the entire stack over the course of six turns, especially because yeah. the first turn is like usually kind of like a waste uh, in terms of like you know you're just positioning, you don't really can't really play too many cards. Uh, so the uh, faster you can get them out of your hand, the better, and then you can get onto something because you don't want to end up with too many cards in your in your tactics hand, and that's the next card. There's too many when an enemy. <laughs> combat unit activates if there are two or more enemies engaged with that unit they suffer a panic test with a minus two to their role so a nice great another way to like overwhelm your opponent i'm looking forward to, to pulling this card out now with the cave dweller alpha making them take a panic test with a minus two and then making them re-roll it and this is again like one that you want to use early right because you want to get in there while you have the swarm effect going and going all right well now i can make this card and and, and really hurt a unit that's otherwise you know um yeah same thing with distraction tactics. When an enemy unit makes a melee attack, that unit suffers negative one to hit for each enemy engaged with them beyond the first. So one unit 
No effect. Yeah. You get two, then it's a minus one, three units, four units, maybe. Then you're getting up there. I mean, yeah, four units. I mean, I, I hope that you're killing whatever you're fighting and you're probably not too worried about what they're doing back to you. But hopefully, unless they have Lannister supremacy, then I'm. Whoo. Oh, right. I mean, I think that was very, <laughs> this was very easy to get the minus one to hit and maybe minus two in some circumstances, like when my mountain got dragged yeah. off the horse and unceremoniously stabbed to death. But... I, I like how you see it as him being dragged off the horse when I saw it as him like plowing through my center of my army. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Well, I just had to get rid of, you know, because you had Mance Raider right in yeah. the middle with the six plus morale. And, I, and we were playing. Let's paint the um, scene a little bit better here. Fire and blood. Everything's right. lands out. I got my commander. And uh, you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to run through the army and just smash through it to him. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because okay. he can assign points, right? Your commander can assign points. So we're yeah. like, we both have battlefield commanders. And I was like, well, I got to go kill his commander oh, if I have a shot God. at it. And I couldn't even really reach him with my first charge, but luckily I managed to charge him, killed through. something, and then yeah, I turned and killed him too. Right, yeah, I mean, and, I, and I, you know, you lose, you know, uh, six points and a commander, but boy, is that demoralizing on like the first engagement. You're like, oh, now I can't get victory points out. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I spent an 11 point unit to kill. I think yeah. it was like a raider unit and maybe like spearwives or trappers. Yeah, or maybe trappers, seven or eight points. trappers. Yeah, man, yeah. the trappers. So I didn't, I didn't like, you know, I didn't really make its points back, but I think in that particular game mode, that was a good trade because it was yeah. like, the picture point thing was so well i mean it definitely also made me be like okay like everybody stop what they're doing turn around like we got to do because if we don't kill him if we don't bog him down and kill him he'll just run around and have his way (laughs) i don't want to get hit in the rear with the knights of castle rock exactly so yeah i mean yeah you had to like kind of focus in on them and kind of like let my other guys do some stuff so and and that's where you know finally started being helpful is having surround and exposed at the start of any turn target one enemy combat unit if you have two or more friendly units within short range of that enemy that enemy loses all abilities this turn. If you control the maneuver tactic zone, that enemy also gains one condition token. This card is maybe like the Holy Grail card now I'm starting to feel. Uh, and we'll get to, there's a few other cards here that I also really like, but it's I like this Holy one. Card. Well, I like this because it's not, you don't have to be engaged. It can be within short range. Oh, that's true, that's true. And that has made a huge difference in some of my games. And, you know, I ended up having to use it on your Knights of Castle Rock just to turn off the, the Lannister supremacy. It's yeah, like, oh, that's oh a big gosh. one. Like, that's stop. a very big one. <laughs> so just, yeah. so this is what I'm always looking for. I want to have this. It's like a security blanket. Getting on a condition token, awesome. But turning off abilities, um, that's something the free folk really need. Because anytime they can take their cheap units and make your unit not be great so that they can actually destroy it. That's huge. Also, Swift Advance, when a friendly infantry unit activates, it gets a free maneuver action. If you control the maneuver tactic zone, that unit also gets plus one to move and may re-roll any charge distance this activation. That's really helpful to get a little bit more unpredictable maneuvers. I like to save this for my spear wives and get them up into an area where they can either throw spears where you don't expect it, or that makes you maneuver and have to turn to face them so that other units can charge you, or just get like a flank attack. I, I think this is an awesome card. I mean, like, you, you can cover so much ground yeah. with this thing, you know, with, with the free maneuver. Like, so if you take the maneuver action mm-hmm. with the maneuver space, so if you grab the maneuver space, you can move your full speed. Then you get this to get another free maneuver at plus one speed. Plus you can charge with the plus one speed. I mean, you know, the, the distance one unit can cover in one turn is insane. So instead of having uh, cavalry though, this is that, that ability. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is one thing that like, if I'm playing Starks, I love to see this card come up with berserkers. Cause all of a sudden they're like, Okay, yeah, they've just they just moved like 20 inches in one turn. And then finally, the last card, um, I think this is like a, a faction-defining card, the Endless Horde. When you claim a tactic zone, replace that zone's effect with redeploy one previously destroyed friendly Free Folk infantry unit into a friendly deployment zone. 
Attachments are not returned. And if you control the maneuver zone, they are deployed without an activation token. Otherwise, they gain one activation token. Yes. This is the card I'm looking for. I mean, you just get a unit back. Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. And that's also helpful when you lose a key unit early on. It's like, man, I really need those spear wives. Well, guess what? I can bring back my elite units. I can bring back cave dwellers. I can bring back spear wives. This is awesome. Now, did we talk about regroup and reform? I don't think we did. Oh, yet. I think we skipped that one. Yeah. Before we before we jump to that one, though, um, man, and some of these game modes like Fire and Blood, the deployment zone is huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I guess be like, guess what? My unit just appears one inch away from you wherever I want. It's so. it's massively powerful. And and it's something that like, you know, you kind of like playing against the free folk player, you kind of forget about sometimes, you know, you're like, oh, I'm doing really good. And all of a sudden like spear wives in the back and you're like, oh, son of a gun. You know, like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And then, right. And then re regroup and reform. When a friendly infantry unit activates, remove up to four models total from other friendly infantry units. So it doesn't have to be from the same unit within long range and restore that many wounds of this unit. If you control the maneuver zone, restore up to two additional wounds. As more elite units come up for the free folk, this car is going to get better and better. You're taking those raider groups as like the bodies to like essentially recruit and fill your main units with. Which is such a cool mechanic. I mean, it's, I think this is one of those things where it's like, okay, well, we have spear wives and they're a little expensive, but all of a sudden you're feeding them extra bodies from yeah. your cheaper units and now they're now they're really surviving and 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 thriving so it's like one of those things where uh i, I think this is an awesome card and such a unique ability and it's something so different from what we're and this is the strength of mance then with meticulous planning you get to dig for one of these cards you have to discard a card but you get to dig for one of these cards what do you think are the top you know if you had to pick top one or top two i know most of them are situational but what stands uh, out? Well, so that's the thing. So I'm like, you know, if you're tossing a card, you're probably tossing one of the ones that requires two, you know, units right. to be engaged where, okay, I don't, that situation doesn't exist on the table right now. Right. It, it may not be likely, right? So now I'm going to go ahead and toss that and I'm going to go grab the Endless Horde. Or maybe I have a unit that's on its last legs, but if it can hold this point for one more turn, uh, maybe I'm going to go for a regroup and reform. Yeah. And for me, it's typically I'm going for endless horde or surrounded and exposed. Like I need to be like that unit needs to stop doing its abilities or it's like, I yeah. could use more units now. Yeah. And then we jump into the, the unit. I probably, the commander, I probably have the most experience with at this point is Tormund giant Spain, the thunder fist, thunder fist. <laughs> He's got the order overrun. Which I finally started getting to actually trigger, and I was like, "Yes, this, uh, is, this yeah. is great." Um, <laughs> he's got uh, so instead of maneuvering, the unit make a free pivot and charge action if he destroys the enemy. It's an order though, and then shattering assault, the unit's charge attack gains sundering. So, man, I put a list up on a song of ice and fire cc.com with him in a unit of raiders, and I played a bunch of games with him in raiders, just trying to get like another unit with sundering, and that's like. It's worked out okay. And I just feel like, you know, it's like, well, you know, I, I don't want to waste his shattering assault. Um, but now I started putting him in spear wives. And so his shattering assault uh, charge sundering ability like is redundant. Um, but what I didn't realize is that by putting him into the, the raiders, sure, I was getting that sundering, but I wasn't really often getting overrun. And the spear wives, I feel like I'm much more likely to get those final kills and damage to wipe out a unit than I am with the raiders. Because when I was hitting with like six dice, if the unit got wounded, it's like five or three dice. And you're like, oh, I might finish the unit off. And it's like, nope, there's one left. But when you're coming in with like seven dice, hitting with like a three plus because you're charging and uh, getting, uh, no, so hitting with a four plus with rerolls because you're charging, I was much more likely to to push through that damage with the extra armor or flank, but the trigger overrun. And, and I think what the other thing too is that, you know, with the, with the spear wise, 
you'll have that opportunity if you like grab the combat space to like throw spears first and then right so i think there's more flexibility there i I, and i'm sure that there's going to be more you know free folk stuff to come that's going to be fitting even better i mean i think we mentioned too that the cave dweller savages i think are a good fit they have the ability to also get sundering but then with his ability maybe you don't need it maybe you can take right the other... yeah exactly and don't have to wait till they're down on one rank to use more of your abilities exactly uh his cards though i i love his tactics cards and for me honestly the the fantasy of playing the free folk um are kind of encapsulated in his cards mixed in with their generic cards rallying assault one of his uh tactics cards when a friendly unit successfully charges one friendly unit within long range may restore up to D3 plus one wounds. If it's Tormund's unit, he restores up to four wounds instead. So just being able to charge in and just heal up is yeah. awesome. And it's yeah, within I mean, long range. You can spread it around to giants. You can put it in his unit. And giants, don't forget, I mean, like four wounds restored to a giant is massive because that represents eight unblocked hits, right? Right. So uh, that's so discouraging. When giants get like healed back <laughs> up, you're like, oh no. Uh, his other ability, Rush of Aggression. When a friendly unit successfully charges, their attack rolls plus two dice. If this target is Tormund's unit, or sorry, if this targets Tormund's unit, the defender also becomes vulnerable. So getting out that vulnerable token, adding a token in, that can that can definitely be helpful pushing through that damage, especially on those high armored units. And I, like I said, with spear wives or with his sundering, I usually just try to get them bogged down a unit, take your time, charge them in the flank or the rear. So you're trying to get their armor as low as possible. Now make them re-roll any successes get a lot more success pushing through that damage. I think about nine dice re-rolls, you know, hitting on four with sundering, with a vulnerable token. I mean, you have a potential to do a ton of damage. And then uh, one of my favorite cards, actually, I think in the game, I might even say, is Counter Charge. After a friendly combat unit is attacked, so you hit one of my guys, I get to target one other friendly unit. It may immediately make one free charge action targeting the attacker. If this target, if this targets Tormund's unit, you may also re-roll any charge distant dice. I love trying to set up scenarios where I can charge, uh, like bog down a unit and then get a charge, maybe get hit and back out and then get the counter charge in again. And oh. the trigger is after a friendly combat unit is attacked. So then I can also play when a friendly unit successfully charges and use another tactics card and kind of stack up my tactics in a, in a row. So it's, I think that's another awesome ability to just, I mean, a free charge on your opponent's turn is... I mean, how good is that? Because then you amazing. get to go right after that. You know, you you do your charge like, okay, well, it's still my turn. Now I'm going to go with the other guys. And yeah, and I feel like it can be feel sort of like oppressive where like I'm chaining together units and then like you're trying to hit me, but I'm actually activating abilities. And it's like, I'm taking up a lot of like game time on me being like, let me just roll some more dice and deal some more damage yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you the first time, like we got those, like uh, that big free folk army on the table. And I was like, <laughs> uh, this is going to be rough. Yeah. So far, I mean, I'm still losing more than I'm winning for sure. Um, but uh, I do have a sample list here and bear with me guys on this one and, and, and uh, test it out. Let me know some some feedback on how you might tweak it. So I, I just call this like the tag team, despite there being one commander, very few attachments. But the idea here is that I want to run this in units. And the, the reason I'm running this list is actually I want to practice like micro skills. So like how do I actually position units to get the things I want to have happen in a free folk army? So it's two units of free folk spear wives, one with Tormund's Giant's Bane. And when the cave dwellers come out, I might switch one of those out. And right now I'm not using any cave dweller alphas. I'm only using miniatures I actually have. So two free folk spear wives, one with Tormund's Giant Bane, two free folk raiders, both with raid leaders, two savage giants, 
and then a free folk trapper unit and manced raider artful tactician and here's why i'm running this. this is a 40 point list the idea is i'm setting up sort of teams for me to practice some battlefield maneuvers in my game so i've got a raid or a unit of raiders and a raid leader a spearwives unit and a giant that go around as like a tag so that i can charge my raiders in or use my raiders to block a hit activate raid leader charge my spearwives in or charge my giant in and just have all those three units try and hit something really hard so i've got two teams of those three squads and then i've got a free folk trapper unit moving around in between just dealing out little bits of damage and i haven't had the most success we had a few games this weekend and and some of them were really lopsided that one against ned stark's honor guard where i just had to kill that unit and i was like i oh, yeah. just I just can't kill him. <laughs> um, that that uh that was a rough one, but I think I'm starting to get better at actually using like the battlefield maneuvers that I need. Oh, you definitely are. Mance Raider, Artful Tactician, being able to throw down the influence and and get those condition tokens out there is really huge. But give this give this a shot, and I really do think that down the line, as more units come out, we're not gonna see free folk raider spam lists. I don't think you're gonna see ones with like six units of raiders. I, I honestly think that the units can't push out enough damage on their own and that they're really there to be like supporting units to either set up attacks, to bog down enemies, to be used to block charges or just set up combinations or to feed your units like health, like drain the health out and put them in your spear wives. And so I, I think it's probably a good idea if you're a free, free folk player to start practicing some of these lists that um, put the emphasis more on a few elite units that you're now protecting. Like my Spearwives, my Giant, those are really important in this list. And I, if I lose a Spearwives unit, I can bring one back with my Endless Horde, but it's less than optimal because I've got to run up the board again. So getting used to being able to like, how can I, essentially it's like practicing using my Free Folk Raiders as my interference unit. So that's two Free Folk Spearwives, two Raiders, with raid leaders, two savage giants, one free folk trapper, and mance. I think it's a I think it's a solid a solid army. I think the trick is, you know, is just making sure that you've got some tricky interactions. You know, the cards rely on you to be kind of overwhelming. So, making sure that you put yourself in the right position to do that. You know, start putting mance like you know assigning tactics uh, tokens to enemy units early and often is also yeah. another key part of being successful. So I think one of the things I noticed from our games is finally getting to play against some ranged opponents was I was much more worried about putting my tokens out on like your hard-hitting close combat units. And by leaving your Stark Bowman, for example, relatively unhindered, um, they could push out a lot of damage. I mean, the Bowman and, yeah, I mean, the Crosswoman, I think, in our game uh, with Tywin in them, I was like expecting you to go like full force at them. But I think because the mountain went right through the center of your line and then you killed him, it was like, all right, well, I, mean, I could freewheel with him and just kind of like, Plink shots and the crosswoman against free folk is just like mowing down. Yeah. I mean, that sundering is like almost redundant at that point. Right. Yeah. But, but, but I, mean, I think the, the Stark Bowman, I mean, the free, the crosswomen are also scary for my giants, but the free folk Bowman, like they shoot a volley with rerolls into my Raiders and like that unit's gone. Like, you kill nine guys, they fail their panic test, everything's gone. Uh, oh, yeah, the Stark, yeah, Stark Bowman are, I, I don't know. I feel like I always roll like four hits when I roll 10 dice with them, even with three <laughs> rolls. I'm like, what the heck? I, I don't like just, that's good. I need that. So low. <laughs> but yeah, I think they're, uh, I, I think they're definitely super strong. I mean, obviously 10 dice means that they can't shift. And also I was getting rerolls because of a warden that was firing at a unit that hadn't activated yet, which isn't always going to happen. But, um, it's super strong. I think, yeah, range units against free folk is uh, definitely, uh, you know. Right. Weak. And it's worth firing into combat with your berserkers. So that's something I'm going to try and figure out how to work around. Like, how do I better threaten those backline units, especially on some games like 
Fire and Blood where you can be a little bit more careful about your positioning. You can take your time, get like a perfect zone, and then be like, okay, like, you know, you got you to gotta engage to get these points. Right. So, you know, it's not forcing you to like put your stuff in stupid positions because you can be like very deliberate. I mean, but you did smoke out my uh, my great axes. They did not do so hot in that game. Okay, so, <laughs> Yano, if you're listening, I think it was from Capticon. This player I played against who had a, a really elite Stark Force, his great axes kicked my butt so bad. Because I, I went home and I was like, this unit is crazy because Yano, first off, great player, but his unit has so many answers to free folk stuff. And so I was like, okay, like, how do I actually deal with this? And it turns out the way you deal with it is just kill it. Like, just hit it so hard and be like, I'm going to hit you with this. I'm going to hit you with that. I'm going to charge with this. Like, I'm going to just try and maul you because if it does hit you back, it's gonna hurt. Yeah, I mean that's what happened to me. I got uh, I got wrecked pretty bad for sure. <laughs> that's that's okay uh, because on the other way. side of the battlefield, Ned was like, and the honor guard were just like, <laughs> like kicking butt and taking names. They just like, refused to go down. It was like Battle of the Bastards with like piles of bodies everywhere, but like you know, <laughs> units just dying left and right. And they're just like, we're we're just still going, man. We're just gonna keep on going. And I still I still stand by my statement that Ed Stark, uh, it, you know, Ned Stark rather is not very good as a commander because of his like tactics cards relying on him being on the field. Yeah, but but in, in that particular blood? game, he oh. did great. He did so good. But Fire and Blood, I think, is a great scenario for him because well, that's a great. Was- hanging in there i got a lot of free attacks with him i think you know he ended up being kind of the mvp which was surprising to me because the other time as i've used him he's just been good at all dude the other thing is not that the free folk are the best faction ever i would never go that far to say that but they could be allegedly um but every game i play with them i feel like it's like just such a fun game well there were some epic moments right i think that's definitely true because it feels like you know when you were like when you win you're like i can't believe i just actually pulled that off and you know because all I mean, of a sudden you're like in this game where you're like, cool, I killed two things. And you're like, oh my God, my really expensive <laughs> unit is now just like, you're just like watching them get eaten by like a swarm of bees. You're like, uh, okay. I mean, I was bringing units of Spearwise back on to run into your honor guard and stuff. And it was just like, you guys are like, we're just going to hold the ground. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was really fun. I, I, I definitely think it's, it makes for awesome, awesome, super fun games. And like, just like the giants are so sweet. So I'm so excited. And the thing is like the free folk cave dwellers, that's going to really change up the list. And I think I might drop a spear wife unit for them. I know there's a lot of people saying, Hey, take why, why bother taking free folk spear wives? Like just take your cave dwellers, take two of them. <sighs> like you might be right. I, I feel like spear toss is so good, but I just hardly get to use it. Except like when I use it, I can do like, a, I can throw my spears and then charge in. Like we're using a, an NCU, like setting up a strategy like that. Yeah, that's awesome then. But I oftentimes don't get to, I just have to charge in because I can't fire into combat. So like maybe Spear, I, basically here's the situation, guys, is I think the Spear Wives are cool. I think like the the card image is awesome. Like the idea of them, they're so cool in the books going with Mance to uh, Winterfell. Like I want to have them in my army. I'm going to, I'm going to probably keep running them just for that fact to be like, I want to get good at this unit. Um, but maybe the Cave Dweller Savages, you know, with the, the the Swiss Army Knife approach, being able to choose different abilities, it might be a better unit to take at this point, maybe even just for like the morale. But I think to the Spear Folk's advantage, going 7-7, seven, seven, it's very hard to get your unit somewhere without getting dinged with the crown or taking some damage. Having the full attack value for two ranks, I think is huge. The other thing, criticizing my list here, after playing a lot of games, I think Mance is a great one NCU commander. I think Tormund actually could benefit from another NCU and a two NCU list. I was, I really am hesitant to drop the trappers entirely 
to put in like a craster and like another attachment. Like maybe I could drop a trapper unit and put in another attachment on the spear fives or something. But the other option is to drop a giant and have the two giants. You know, one giant is great. Two giants is greater. There's so many points, but maybe that's a, you know, another way to, to spin it. So to drop into one giant and commit to one flank more that style. We'll see if I just get better at playing them. Right now, like I said, I'm really working on those, like the pairings of the units and, and how they synergize. Right. But man, I don't know. So essentially, this is a list that, you know, it's not going to guarantee you to win any games, but it's probably a good one, at least in my eyes right now, to practice with. Let me know what you think. Um, shoot us an email on tablegaming at gmail.com or, you know, find us on Facebook and, uh, and post your list there. I can, when we post this next episode, I'll ask you guys to, to leave in the comments what you're running, give me some feedback. I'll, I'll test out what you guys are doing too. But, you know, before we wrap things up here, I, I do want to do a few things. This is actually episode 25 for us. And we kind of started this out as an interesting project, right? Like we are not professional podcasters. If you go back into the archives on, on uh, iTunes or whatever you listen to us on, you might remember some of the earlier episodes had all sorts of problems with like the volume and like robot, robot voice. And if you stuck with us and you're still listening, like we really appreciate that. It was a great thing to see today. Someone was like, hey, when's the next episode coming out? You guys missed last week. And I was like, oh. Like people missed us. Uh, <laughs> that was nice. We're we're starting up some new projects. We've got some great people lined up to come up in the future. Uh, we want to get Jim Ludwig. We're in conversations with him who does Dark Sword Miniatures. He's going to come on in the future. Uh, we got another lead developer, Fabio Curry, coming on in the future. Um, we want to get back in contact with uh, Terry Latorco, who did the uh, the infamous Lost like, hour and a half episode that didn't record. <laughs> so uh, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. We're also expanding. I just want to let you guys know about a song of ice and fire cc.com. And here's the dream where I actually have a tech meeting uh, later tonight with some other guys. Um, we're building a tournament integration platform so that people can submit their tournament info to the website and we can pull out data that people can then make meaningful decisions and see like, what are the people using in tournaments? What's winning? What's not? How are units performing? You know, a lot of these things are taking a lot of time and energy. And besides like even the YouTube channel, if you notice the videos have slowed down a little bit, I'm picking it back up. Like I said, I got a bunch of projects on there that are almost finished. But uh, what we've done is we've gone and opened up a Patreon uh, because there are certain hosting fees that come along with uh, doing this. There's the monthly podcast subscription. We've got a website. Uh, actually, believe it or not, Adobe Suite, the thing I'm using to uh, make the videos on actually has a monthly subscription fee. And so what we're asking is that, you know, we appreciate all of your support and you guys are, are, are you know, we appreciate just like the positive feedback we've got and we're going to keep making stuff and it will always be open. Like we're not going to gate our, our content. But if you're in a comfortable position where you can provide support monetarily, feel free to jump on over to the Patreon and it's patreon.com slash on the table gaming. And we've got uh, some different tiers that you can support us at from something as like a dollar a month. If you got some like change kicking around your pocket every month and you're like, you know what, I could afford 12 bucks to help us out. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Some of the higher tier stuff has some rewards like uh, range rulers on the table gaming range rulers from Rebel Lightworks or tactics boards. And right now, unfortunately, it's limited to US uh, backers. Uh, I know we've got some, some people that are international uh, we're trying to find some ways to get things shipped out to you guys if you'd like to back us. But um, hop on over, take a look at it. And if not, like, guys, no pressure. Like, we want you to support things, you know, whatever you can. And if you just want to keep listening in, like, that, that's cool. We get it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it might not work for everybody to donate financially. I think it's one of those things where, you know, if you can help us offset costs here, it's it's very helpful. I mean, um, you know, 
I think uh, this is one thing that it's definitely grown quite a bit. And I think the exciting changes that are coming to the Song of Ice and Fire Community, community website are going to be super valuable to the community and hopefully going to be uh, a long-term destination for loading tournament lists and tracking your you know, meta. And I think that's going to lead to a lot of interesting conversations in the future and, and it's really going to help people get a sense of you know what is or is not working uh and i think that's a, a going to be a super valuable service to the, to the community you got lots to be excited for and this spring you're going to notice things are starting to amp up a little bit and uh, over the summer really pick up uh, we're going to have a lot more time devoted to the, all of these projects so stay tuned i hope you guys are excited and uh i hope you get your miniatures on the table <laughs>